Hello, and welcome to Six Sheets Under. My name is Andrew. And my name's Reggie. And I'm Hannah. And today, we're going to be talking about latex, leather, and other bondage wear in the bedroom and beyond. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of latex, so you're going to have to carry that one. Same, and only because I feel like it would be very uncomfortable to wear and hard to get off. Have you ever sat on a leather seat in shorts in summertime? Because that's what I feel like it is similar to. Well, I think that's great because this is exactly why we're, uh, we're having this discussion today. Now, I mean, latex aside though, I mean, what about leather for you guys? Like, do you have any experience, any, any draw to it? Any like particular, like, I, I know Reggie wears belts and things like that occasionally, so. I mean, like, leather pants on a partner is kind of sexy. But then again, I've seen an episode of Friends where that goes horribly wrong. So I've never, no, actually, that's not true. I have worn pleather before. I used to have a pair of pleather pants. Ew. Were they Were they comfortable? No, but I looked <laughs> damn good in them. Valid. So if they were pleather, they were probably vinyl, I would imagine. I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and, like, I know notoriously, like, especially compared to a leather, uh, when it comes to, like, say, like, vegan, like, uh, Doc Martens, they're made out of vinyl. Um, and I know they take way longer to break in, so I know that, like, the comfortability yeah. can be a factor in that regard. Um, but once, well, even with pleather and leather, once it's broken in, it's comfortable. Right, absolutely. It just, I know it takes a bit longer. Um, and I know, at least this is my understanding from people who wear latex. Now, I personally don't like wearing it. I, I haven't really worn it, but I definitely like the look. Um, especially, like, wet look stuff, even if it's not latex. Oh, like, yeah, like wet yeah. Wet look stockings and, and like, a, like, a bodice or something like that, or even, like, a... Um, the slick down um, kind of yeah, shine. Yeah, exactly. And it's like really form-fitting. It just, I don't know, it looks kind of nice. But um, my understanding for a lot of the folks that wear larger portions of latex is after your body kind of is in it for a while, the layer of sweat that it builds up in between creates a really like kind of comfortable feeling. It kind of slides mm. over your skin and isn't as uh, uncomfortable as people who aren't familiar would, would so, consider. So Similar to, like, a, uh, a wetsuit. Yeah, I mean, except the wet is coming from, Well, a wetsuit is permeable, and it just allows insulation, but this is more like there's no permeation because it's all, you know, it doesn't breathe, but it's more that layer mm. creates kind of like a, a, a slickness uh, inside. So it's not like tugging or pulling or, you know. Um, I can just imagine that that's like a bacterial breeding ground being trapped in there with all your, like, sweat and secretion. <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's a valid point. Um, and I, feel I like, what if you, what if it makes you sweat a lot and then you smell bad? I think it just matters then at the point of the person's, like, own hygiene routines, you know, whether they're, you know, uh, putting out a lot of toxins in their sweat, whether they're actually, you know, showered or not. Um, that's probably going to be a factor, but I don't necessarily think it's that bad. I mean, you know, I, I definitely get a little sweaty during sex, so I, I feel like it's not really much different, but then there's also just, I guess, maybe the aspect of washing after keeping your, you know, your clothing cleaner. The cleaning methods are probably different. Lysol down your latex. 
Clean, clean those that I, I don't, I, you know, I'm sure people who wear latex would have much better um, ideas of cleaning it. But it would also, if you think about it, like, it is like, it sticks to itself. So I feel like it would limit your movement because you go to like, move and your arm gets stuck to your fucking thigh. Well, no, no, you know, that actually brings up a good question, though, because now I'm considering like uh they make rubber sheets and things like that and they're actually really soft like but i'm wondering what kind of rubber they're made out of if they're latex based or if they're like uh nitrile or something like that because that's it's like silicone well right but it's a non-powdered but it still doesn't stick to itself but like my phone case i mean i can't imagine it would stick to itself but it is silicone and pretty soft yeah, I'm. Mean, you know, that's something on, like, a chemistry level that I'm not going to know, but I definitely will say that I've encountered stickier types of silicone compared to others, some that are much more of, like, a soft velvet finish, and that's just coming from, like, toys. Um, yeah, and I'm super jealous of all those awesome fucking toys. But it's more that, like, okay, so there's got to be some difference in that, that chemical process and how that's manufactured. Um, so I'd imagine the stuff made for physical, like, wearing um, would probably be manufactured in a way that's not going to be, like, low quality enough that is pulling and tugging on your skin. But, again, you know, my lack of familiarity um, is going to show here because... I'm sure there's a lot of different materials. I, I know latex is kind of a blanket term, but there might be a lot of other materials, considering that latex is kind of also getting phased out, I've noticed, in a lot of ways. It's um, like old school dom. Old school dominatrix, I think, is kind of the vibe there. I totally, and that's maybe that's the draw I have to it, but I also feel like um, that could be said the same for leather. You know, I feel like leather follows in the same same fashion or you know even vinyl those other materials like you know the really thigh high like shiny boots you know that kind of a thing that kind of falls into that category well and i would imagine it would also be getting phased out because it's an oil-based product isn't like to make it they use oil and petroleum don't they uh i believe so and i also like certain oil-based lubes eat through condoms and like latex because it's just the chemistry of it oils eat through shit like that i don't fucking know well i do know like no that's that's correct i mean i don't know like all the actual specifics behind it but that is correct and also the fact that latex is significantly more porous which is why that um why it ends up being more susceptible to oil-based lubes and things so um that and i think maybe the allergies like the increased prominence in people getting allergies from latex which you know like most things, you can develop an allergy to latex, especially if you're, you know, frequently in contact with it. See, and that's the thing with, like, allergies. I've always wondered, are people developing more allergies, or are they just getting recognized more? Well, they can develop over time. I know, but I'm just talking on, like, a percentage out of the population. Like, was it, have these allergies always been around? and just they were never recognized scientifically or people just becoming more susceptible to like certain allergens i mean you hear about people who like later in life develop an allergy to latex and they find out because of condoms or something 
And that would be a shitty way to find yeah. out. No yeah, joke. No, it's, it's happened, though. And, you know, when I went to school, there were a few people, like elementary school, very young, there were a few people that couldn't even go into the gym because of the floor because they were allergic to latex and, like, couldn't have balloons for people's birthdays in the same classroom. So I don't think it's something that's, like, just now being brought to attention and figured out. I think it is something that people do develop. Um, if you really like latex, sorry if you developed an allergy to it. Well, and, and, you know, this also, just talking about allergies in general, it does make me wonder, though, because Reggie brings up a good point, but I don't necessarily think it's the increase in recognizing them. I think they've been around. I think it's more the, like, for instance, with a peanut allergy. I think it's as people are more exposed to something on a regular basis, you're going to see more people who have a, a less lesser resistance to it. Um, and you know, especially things that weren't necessarily all like, I mean, I don't know that peanut butter was always a hugely common thing in, until, you know, the last like what, 150 years, 200 years. I don't know when, uh, George Washington Carver made it, but it was early on in America. Lost my train of thought there. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. Just talking about peanut butter. Um, and I mean, that's, that's my American knowledge. I mean, the stuff. I, who knows? Peanuts have probably been used for a lot of other things. But what I'm saying is maybe the industrialized aspect, the wide availability, um, increases people's um, exposure to it. And that's leading to more people developing allergies uh, or um, larger population. Correct. I don't know. You know, I'm not. We're not educators. No, but I, I do think a it's lot just of it is thought. genetic. And, you know. Right, right. It is what it is. You'd think that like genetics and evolution would phase out those allergies because people with the allergies are more susceptible to dying from anaphylactic shock, but uh, apparently not. <laughs> well, and it could also be maybe it's maybe the reason why as people are, you know, developing through different generations that um, these allergies are becoming worsened because maybe there's other conditions that are being affected by it. Maybe there is a reason why that person can't process that certain chemical in whatever they're allergic to. And it's actually a defense mechanism. I mean, it is a defense mechanism that their body's doing that, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that, this is all stuff that is completely unrelated to yeah. our, our like no, no, core I, I discussion. Would, but I would say I would say it's still kind of related because it. I mean, you can be allergic to latex. You can be allergic to body wear. Yeah, definitely don't put on a full latex suit if you don't know if you have a latex allergy or not. Probably go get get allergy tested if you haven't. I haven't, but well, and that's a really good point too because. I think it also should be said that it doesn't necessarily just mean that latex is something that you should be cautious about. I mean, even something as simple as like dyes in leather or in clothing can, you know, cause allergic reactions. And and allergic reactions don't necessarily mean so bad as breaking out in hives and swelling and going into shock, but even just minor discomfort when you have something on your on your body that's really itchy or uncomfortable. I mean, if you're not into feeling like that, I don't know a lot of people who are, but I'm sure someone is. Um, that's, that's definitely for me going to like remove my enjoyment real quick. Like there is nothing I hate more than feeling itchy. Like, okay. But getting too sweaty makes me feel itchy. Like, yeah, absolutely. I completely understand that. But I think with the sweaty factor though, like for instance, again, like going back to like, just like when having sex and getting sweaty, like I'm definitely not focused on the itchiness of my sweat. Um, because I'm also usually not like 
in a situation where I'm like, say I'm at work and I'm covered in clothing and it's like under everything and, you know, more of that like physical interaction with everything else. Um, and, you know, my mind might be a little more focused on it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with sweat myself simply because I played sports. So wearing pads, wearing stuff like that, sweat during sex, I think is sexy as fuck. Like when two partners are just sweaty all over each other, that's hot. But I don't want to be sweating inside a giant glove. <laughs> Love flavored. But, you know, and so and that's exactly what I'm getting at in the sense that some people probably really enjoy that sensation. I think that and and I'm the only thing I personally can really relate to is how my hands feel wearing gloves like all day. And I will say there's a point in the middle where there I still have some grip. There's there obviously my hands are sweating a bit, but they're not like uncomfortable. So, like, that's okay. Then it gets to the point of, like, dripping, where my hands are literally just, like, I take off gloves and they are just dripping sweat. And Ew. it's, yeah, I mean, well, you're, I'm wearing them for hours at a time. Yeah, I, I've dealt with that and I get all pruney and it's just, like, then when you come back to put gloves back on, you have to, like, sit there and kind of roll them in. Like, uh, I got a, I got a, well, baby powder. Uh, if you so I learned this just because I always ended up pulling gloves off and then having to put them on like really quickly after so my hands would be damp and clammy um, I just we have a thing of baby powder in one of the cabinets and I just douse my hands in that and then slide the gloves right on so that brings me to a question I was gonna ask what's the best way to put on a suit like that that apparently it is baby powder talcum powder I, oh really handy oh, really? dandy google yeah you should Hell like yeah. put it on the inside of your fucking latex shit and then it'll slide on and i think you know you're definitely going to need to shower afterward because the like weird paste mix of sweat and baby powder right wouldn't be fun but yeah no it's baby powder that makes sense though i mean that really does um because it's going to help reduce the amount of sweat but it's also going to allow that ease of you know getting everything in place and that is kind of like a more general chemical, like kind of safer, like it's a base. Like, I mean, it's used for babies, it, it, unless you're like that person on My Strange Addiction who's huffing it. Um, I'm pretty positive that... Uh, kill you. Yeah, I'm pretty positive that talcum powder, like in and of itself on surface use, it, it isn't going to be an issue. It's I mean, of course, unless you personally... Right, yeah, obviously don't inhale it. Don't inhale any powders like that that you're that you know aren't meant to be inhaled. Um So cocaine's fine. Yeah, cocaine's no, actually one we, of the least um, like no. deadly drugs. We don't we don't endorse drugs. I no, no, we don't money. endorse them. But hey, well, um, you know, fun fact, we do now live in a state that uh has decriminalized all of them. That's a interesting little side note here. Decriminalize small amounts. But that's different than legalizing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but they voted to legalize shrooms. So well, they, they legalize psilocybin. Testing. Yeah. And, yeah. And for clinical, for like therapeutic purposes. Yeah. So it's still, you know, really restricted. It doesn't mean you can just go buy mushrooms and like not get, yeah. not deal with the legal repercussions. We'll get there. Can't go out to a field around here and start picking mm -hmm. your own. <laughs> but it is cool to see when it comes to like the decriminalization of, of small amounts is... There's probably going to be, of course, that case-by-case -case aspect of it, but... 
But yeah, ultimately, you're not ruining someone's life because they picked up a little bit of something and they were at a party or whatever. You know, just ultimately, you're not putting someone in prison for a small drug charge. Yeah, I think it's more focused on sending someone to treatment. Correct. Yeah. It is. And it, that's and it's like a $100 fine. Or, and I'm sure they'll adjust it when it actually gets implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to see because it is hopefully going to encourage that uh, aspect of more awareness and more education surrounding And it. also cut down on imprisonment, cut yeah. down on prison population for small infractions. It's really easy to ruin somebody's life really yep. early on because they were experimenting. I'm liking this episode. We're going all over the place. <laughs> we are. Um, you know, and, and, and But it's what we do, right? Well, it is. And I definitely would say that while we may have now just started talking about like some of our local jurisdictions regarding drugs, we still try to keep our, our politics very light. And this is more something that is, I would say, politic-based, but more social-based. Yeah, more um, uh, about society around here. Mm-hmm. And so I find that really interesting. And, and what I'll say, the main sentiment that I have for it is the same I had when we legalized cannabis, is it allows more avenues for a better way to handle it than, you know, um, immediate life-ruining consequences. Yeah, and it creates, I think, a level of maturity about handling it because there is more education around it. Yeah. Hopefully people would approach it a little bit, you know. Safer. Exactly. And that's exactly going to tie right back into our conversations that we normally have, which is hopefully, as even though we might not be educators, allowing a little bit more information or perspective to uh, encourage people to approach things from a safer perspective and, and do their own education. And bringing it back around to latex suits, stuff like that. There's definitely a safety level in that, isn't there? Like, because I know some people like breathing restriction. Yeah, they do like the like masks that cover everything except the mouth or something. Or even the ones that have like the mask that has like the valve in the mouth, like the like almost like a plug, like a sink plug or something. I've seen those. I would literally rather die than be put through that. That sounds so panic inducing. Well, and I mean, I have claustrophobia, so I mean, I definitely couldn't find myself in that situation but i think maybe that extreme restriction is that draw for some people um but yeah the safety aspect i think it falls in lines with maybe um being aware of the fact that when you're wearing something that literally is restricting your your body's ability to breathe you need to be more aware of that uh, that potential of overheating true yeah because you can overheat you can run out of oxygen so, I mean, safety words, safety symbols. Staying hydrated. Yes, especially. I found a fun fact about the origins of, like, leather kinks and stuff from um, anothermanmag.com. And I guess it started in, like, the gay community. Largely, like, after the Second World War, they were kind of having a difficult time getting back into society. So a lot of them just kind of banded together and got in these motorcycle groups. And a lot of them wore leather. And in that, you know, the gay men saw that it's like a really significant sign of masculinity. 
and they were really attracted to it being like more effeminate gay men they were attracted to that sign of masculine masculinity and this says this caused gay men to invest in leather with a certain erotic power intimately tied to the way it signaled masculinity so there's that little fun fact it's it is a big thing in the gay community with like leather daddies and stuff for sure literally when you were describing that the first two words that came to my mind were leather daddy and you are totally correct and what's interesting too is yeah a lot of it does have that very like heavy like biker influence with leather not just you know not just like leather harnesses and stuff but like you know you get those like military styled leather hats um and it's just i've seen a lot of I mean, it is very prominent. It is very prominent. So, and this is from from me just working in a in a place that I was exposed to it, but I never like outwardly looked for it. It was just that out there. It was, it is, so it is very prominent. Village people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. So, well, and maybe it's also. I wonder if that like masculinity that that you know domineering kind of um persona that that the more effeminate side was attracted to also kind of leads into that like authoritative um like kind of power play that that you know more authority it always um, does feel like it's more dom right so that's where you have maybe that military or that police influence but on the complete reverse side of this and this is just something that i have thought about um is, you know, you get someone in, like, a full leather latex suit, whatever the fuck, and, you know, their face is covered, and you can't see any of their actual body because it's covered in that latex. Like, maybe it's a form of, like, almost stripping away their identity and making them strictly, like, an object <clears throat> to be sexualized. So I think it's also opposite of dominant stuff. But that was just a little thought from my brain. Or, like, a whole... Putting on a whole new persona. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and when you're saying that, are you talking even more like going towards like the idea of say like a sub slave or yeah. like a gimp yeah. even? Yeah. Um, so somebody who it is their essentially their duty, their their role to fulfill as an object. They are to be used yeah, by. Yeah, I feel like it's just it's just a way to like strip the identity from someone. Honestly, yeah. That's that was the first place my mind went. No, absolutely, and I, I think that that's. A really good point I feel like I've heard that before but um, that does make a lot of sense the you mentioned the word gimp I always think latex over leather leather I always think Dom see and that's funny because a lot of the time I, you, you never hear about I at least personally I, I, I can't speak for everybody but um, I don't hear latex gimp mask I always hear leather gimp mask so, like, the, the idea of that zippered hood or the idea of, like, the, the hood with the major restrictive face. I guess that makes sense because leather, I feel like, once it's broken in, that is extremely comfortable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, if you're going to be wearing that on a regular basis, I've, yeah, leather is probably the way to go. And there is the difference between, like, the type of masks that are leather versus the types that are a lot more, like, skin tight, don't really have features, like the latex ones. Um and then also, you know, it comes, like, to leather harnesses, leather straps, stuff like that, like garters and shit. And I think that can be seen as both dominant and submissive. Like, personally, in submissive situations, I like the restrictive feeling of, like, rope or harnesses, stuff like that. So I can see the appeal there because also I like to look cool and edgy. And I think, like, leather straps look cool and edgy, but I don't want to be completely covered. 
Speaking of cool and edgy, this <laughs> whole time I've been thinking about Mad Max. So, Mad Max aside, I mean, yeah, that's kind of got that post-apocalyptic, like diesel punky, like yeah, I get that. spikes, are you, are you leather, me? leather Mad- assless chaps. Oh I mean, yeah, wait, hold on. Assless chap seems really redundant. I have to make a point to say this because, as far as I'm aware, all chaps are assless. It's just you don't wear pants underneath them. Right. So it's just chaps without pants. But assless sounds a lot more fun. It it does. But again, it's just the redundancy. That's always a little side thing. Always irked me. But going back to the the harnesses, though, as being – because, yeah, I think Hannah brought up a good point. I do honestly, personally, have always looked at them more on that, like, sub-level. But looking at it more in that Dom perspective, I could even see as, like, men wearing a harness or females wearing a harness as a way to tether the sub to them in a way or, or a way to be, you know, held on to. And, and just thinking of all the different, you know, fun ways you oh. can kind of combine those restraints. Or, you know, how like femdoms, femdoms, they, um, they wear those like cat suits and shit. And that could be a way of like saying, no, you can't see my whole naked body. Like you are restricted. You aren't allowed to see it because you're not good enough or whatever the reason may be. But it could almost tie into that as well. Like, you know, they're just not allowed to see the naked body for, you know, some some reason or another. I'm not I'm not a femdom. I don't know. Well, um, I wanted to kind of go back a little bit real quick just before we keep going forward. Um, back to masks because there are uh, – one of the things I noticed too was um, like Lycra masks, the hoods that just completely cover your identity. And it was actually in that identity role play where – you know, maybe it's a CNC situation where the partner is hiding their identity and they're playing a dom role, and the sub is like, it's like that like power play of I don't know who this is or this could be anybody kind of a situation. So that anonymity definitely seems to be an aspect of the mask wearing, at least in certain types of play. Um, but then you also have the more exaggerated masks, like say the hound masks, the leather muzzles with like the leather hoods and everything. So you have all these different types of masks, regardless of just a gimp mask or a zippered hood, um, geared towards different types of play. Speaking of the Lycra, that just makes me think of like orgy group sex where you can kind of hide your identity. What's the code ward? Orgy. Ooh, Reddit's a really good thing too because they just brought up the rubber masks and they said some people have suggested that rubber gas masks worn by British children during air raids made them imprint on the feeling of rubber and that's you know it can't be confirmed but that's a really good thing too like almost like Stockholm syndrome with it and that was from Reddit user P Tupper so thank you for that information. Well and actually I, that, I've definitely seen gas masks, especially, I can't remember what exactly model it's called, but it's that Russian-styled gas mask, the full hooded one. I've seen those things implemented in a lot of like latex play and fetish play. And then I've also seen them implemented where tubes are connected to things. So there's, there's that too. So multifunctional. I'm going to skip past that second part, but... <laughs> Why, Reggie? Why would you do that? I've always thought that gas masks were sexy. Really? Gas masks, uh, the old mortician masks, that the, stuff is... the beaks. It's oh, so plague, plague masks. Plague masks. Unsexy to me. I don't know. Like. Oh, I've always, but then I'm again. I'm not kink shaming. <laughs> I, like, I used to be a goth kid. Like, 
So, you know, tits out, mask on. I was always into that. You like my beak, huh, bro? Do you see the masks hanging on my wall? Yeah, but that's more a uh, uh, ballroom uh, exaggeration. I actually have the exact same one, though. It's pretty great. No shit, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I got it when I was working at Spirit. Yeah, the one uh, right above it I custom painted. Yeah, that one I like. Witness me. Speaking um, of Mad Max. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so I, I actually, kind of going back to that, I think part of the draw to a lot of all of this stuff is that aesthetic value. Whether you're on the sub or the dom side, I think it's that, that visual appeal and how it looks. At least for me, I know that's a lot of it. Now, when I say I, la- I like latex, it's not like I like the full body suits, the full hoods and everything. I really like like latex stockings, latex like um core wear so like you know maybe a a, like a one piece of some sort and that's also me showing through with my like i just really like one pieces like bikinis are nice but one piece swimsuits mm. feel like there's a uh, little anime influence in there um i mean yes and no to be honest uh i would say that yeah sure i get a little bit of that but no, it's more just the way it fits the body, the way it accents the curves, and how it leaves a little bit more mystery. So you have that kind of, like, appeal without too much being right there. Now, granted, like I said, I'm going to love myself a nice stringy bikini, too. But, um, I don't know, there's just something about it's, it. I guess it's, like, the same appeal as, like, a dress or, uh, like, a, a, you know, business suits and stuff. Like, business skirts, skirt well, suits. And it could be also related to the fact that we witness so much porn and witness so much nudity on a regular basis thanks to the internet that then having that taken away adds to a little, like, a little kink. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a clothing kink. And, I mean, I personally, I fall in that category. I love the idea of, like, just pushing away the bare minimum that you need to, like, get down to business. Um, And part of that is going to lead into uh, one of our upcoming discussions, which is going to be a discussion on things like public play um, and how that can kind of factor in. So the, the clothed factor uh, can be a bit more um, uh, significant. I just got a little pat for playing with the ripped part of my jeans, and it threw me off. Reggie, why are you touching my wife under the table in front of me? I'm trying to keep her jeans in one piece. They're in uh, like That's what they all say. Pieces. I mean... What are you doing, co-host? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, set bro? God, I love saying that. It's so fucking obnoxious. Do you think maybe, like, that's also the latex and, like, tight, like, skin-hugging material is also the appeal behind, like, yoga pants and shit? I think yoga pants just look good. Um, yeah, but, and it's like tight. You can see pretty much everything through it, even though you can't see through it. Well, okay, and, and you know what? This actually brings up another thing that I've always kind of thought about. Um, and this is the reason why I think about it is being an anime nerd. Um, there's a lovely show that came out in 2015 called Kill a Kill. And Kill a Kill is an anime that actually specifically, like, targets the idea of nudity in super suits. So the idea is 
how is it different for a superhero to have a skin type bodysuit that's a different color than if they were just wearing like a skin tight skin colored costume or better yet we're wearing hardly anything there's really no difference and i think what it was really pointing out was how that's overly sexualized the human form is overly sexualized in those contexts and but it's no different whether they're covered or not. You're still seeing the full human form. And I think that's where, what people are focusing on no matter what is that physical attraction. Well, and there's even like a whole group in that anime just called the nudist group. Uh, nudist beach, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. they say, no, we don't need these skin tight suits to make us powerful. Well, and I mean, that's also based on like how a lot of the plot is centered around like clothing, clothing. that literally controls people. Um, which is another commentary in and of itself, but I do find it very interesting because, um, you know, clothing is a big aspect of identity and in the same way that like superheroes identities are based on their costumes, but their costumes are really just their body painted. You know, I mean, some of them sure have big capes and armor or whatever, but the majority of like the American superhero is like the skin tight bodysuit. To quote The Incredibles... No capes. <sighs> Reggie's favorite, The Incredibles. She got a booty. Milfs and booties. That is, that is a... Uh... I'm a sucker. Yeah. But, again, skin-tight bodysuits, you know. Um, and I think maybe part of that comes from the idea that a lot of the time you do see idealized human forms in, in those situations. And... Um, how when you're in those kinds of like clothing um costumes whatever you want to call them uh you really aren't able to hide much well and look at like how sexualized some of the batman outfits have been oh they're pretty damn near just being a latex bodysuit there is nothing i find sexier than somebody wearing a a hood that they can't turn their neck in oh which one was it where they actually gave the suit nipples? Oh, that was Keaton. Yeah. Keaton. That was Michael Keaton. I think that was Batman Forever? Yeah, that series. Oh, man. Tim Burton. Was that the Tim Burton one? No, the Tim Burton one was the original Batman. Oh, man. that Or not the original, because the original was like... That's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? It's time to cool off. That's after Beyond. Was that... Uh, well, no, not Beyond. It wasn't Beyond. No, but it was still Michael Keaton. Right, he yeah. did two of them. Yeah. It seems like everybody gets at least two Batmans. Two Batmans? No, George Clooney got one, right? No, Clooney was the nipple man. <laughs> Clooney was the nipple man. Holy shit, uh, I have to tweet that right now. <laughs> I love it. Wait, I can't be wrong. I have to look this up now because I'm, I'm like having a emotional breakdown over which Batman had the nipples. See, and it circles back to these full body suits being super sexualized. Clooney, the nippleman. Okay, okay, hey, actually going to suits being sexualized. Here's one that I actually really want to talk about and I find it really interesting. And I love it when I see things going against the norm. Sexualized medieval armor. Boob armor, boob chest plates. Like, I. They're stupid. They don't make sense. Thank you. They sure might look kind of cool, but honestly, you would never, when it comes to making armor, create that many nooks and crannies where a blade can get caught. 
or even just the like also the metallurgy and and blacksmithing at the time would have made that so fucking difficult they could but like why it's unnecessary like it's not very defensive you know it's it's not built for defense and it's clearly a product of fantasy now i'm not going to knock the the appeal and the look of it you know, like the chainmail bikini in Dungeons and Dragons. Sure, whatever. But when it comes to practicality, I really admire like people who put female characters in armor, and the armor is not overtly like feminized or masculine. It's just fucking armor because hey, that's what they have. Anyway, a little rant aside there. I gotta figure out this nipple man thing. Yeah, and speaking about female armor, Bo Katan. And the new Mandalorian last episode. Sure, her armor is so kick ass, but I'm a Mandalorian. Wow, fan. I was wrong about both. It was Val Kilmer. Of course, it was Kilmer, the lady killer. I think they were. Well, his neck still couldn't turn. Yep. No, they hate those suits, apparently. But that was like classic action figure Batman. Well, okay, maybe not classic, but just our I know, you have to be careful about classic. Yeah, okay, if we're talking classic, we're talking Adam West. Yeah. In my opinion, that is best Batman. Okay, then uh, if we're speaking, just getting off topic a little bit, favorite Joker? Uh, original, 1960s. Oh, see, I'm a Jack Nicholas. Nickel? What? You mean Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. Who the hell is Jack Nicholas? His lesser known cousin? <laughs> I was thinking about Nicolas Cage all morning. That's his alter ego. One flew over the cockatiel's nest. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways, so <laughs> getting back to topic. Uh, what else about? Let's talk about more leather. Because we've been talking about latex and everything. Yeah, well, we so- yeah, yeah. Does that like extend to like even someone just wearing a leather jacket? They're like, oh man, oh that hell really yeah, gets my fucking dick solid. Oh, like, I appreciate the aesthetic, but it doesn't make my dick hard. Okay, so and this is this has just made me think of this, the leather creak, the sound of like a leather belt twisting, or like you know when a here a great example a police officer someone like literally was like holding their belt it has that leather creak to it leather jackets have that same thing you know like i actually really like that sound and it's not like it like gets me like going like like in in an erotic sense but it definitely is that like oh oh i oh leather oh so that's some like asmr for you yeah and i actually hate asmr yeah, no, it's it's a. Um, no. I'm not knocking it. It's just it literally gives me anxiety. I'm like, speak the fuck up. <laughs> you don't like the whispering? No, I don't. It makes me really uncomfortable. It's like, and maybe it's because of the fact that, and this is some weird like personal divulging of information here. Which is what um, we're here for. But I do have a little bit of PTSD when it comes to like people whispering uh, to each other uh, in my vicinity. Because if you have something to say in private, fucking walk away. Like, it's really weird to be in a social situation and, like, lean over and whisper something in front of an entire group of people. Like, I get how 
and the reason why for me I that that is kind of like a triggering thing. I hate using that term, but the reason why it is is because my stepmom used to do this to me all the time in front of me, like to my dad, but she was actually talking shit about me audibly enough that I could hear it. Intentional. Yes. Yeah. And so that like even though I know it's not true, I personally always see that as like a they're talking shit kind of a thing. That versus like, they could just be like, Hey, I'm gonna fuck you real good later. You know, and like that's like a ooh hoo hoo, we're doing this because it's obvious, but only you know what's being said to you. So I get that. It's so weird. I can see both those aspects, but it does totally like fuck with me. It's that like mean girls where they try to make sure that you know they're talking about you. Right. They're like, you know, leaning over, whispering, and then looking, glancing back and forth at that person. It's like, dude, what the fuck? My, my thing is, if you're going to talk shit about me, just, like, do it in front of me so I can talk shit about myself, too. I don't want to be a gatekeeper, but I don't think that's actually, like, I don't think PTSD is a good descriptor for something Fair. like that. Okay. Like, well, I mean, someone with a PTSD diagnosis, that doesn't align with it. And granted, that is just my personal experience with it, but it, it doesn't quite align with it. I do think it is, like, you know, something that will definitely trigger anxiety and worry, but as for me, my knowledge of PTSD does include flashbacks and stuff like that. That's a little more, just a little bit more intense than just anxiety, you know. And I don't, I don't want to be like just anxiety. We're getting kind of politically correct teetering stuff, but just no, in my experience, it's a good point to make. And and I think the reason I even brought it up like that was because it is part of a greater aspect of the emotional abuse that I suffered from her. Uh, that was just a small aspect of it. And because of the effect it had on me growing up, it has led into my adulthood as still having an effect. An effect that while I might not have like, you know, panic attack inducing flashbacks, it does completely fuck with me that it does affect my relationships and it affects my perspective on myself. Right. And I think broadening it up, it does make more sense that it would be PTSD aligned. It's just like when you say specifically like, oh, people whispering makes me anxious. I'm like, that's, that's not PTSD. But you know, going into like everything included, then yes, I can see where you're coming from. I just didn't want anyone with PTSD to like hear that and you know not have any context and be like why are you like belittling this or no, you know, something understand. someone feeling some type of way about it i just wanted to try to avoid that well and i get what you're saying and that's also why i wanted to defend my side because of the fact that um i feel as though if it affects somebody in a certain way i mean i've i've heard many different reasonings and sources of people having ptsd and i think it's all completely dependent on the individual it's so, super subjective i agree know. but not, not all PTSD is created equal. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you know, it, 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 that kind of thing did affect me. So um, in the same way that it's just like I, I have an issue with, like, people yelling up and up and downstairs, like, you know, at, instead of just walking out of the way and be like, hey, like, talking face to face. Like, I hate yelling across a house at somebody. Like, like your grandparents do every fucking dude, day. Dude, it's awful. It's awful. It fucking kills me. Uh, my parents did the same thing. And, I mean, it was a really common thing, but it, it's a common thing in a lot of households. But it always just irked me. And a lot of the time it was because I was usually always being commanded when I was being – it was more like I was being yelled at. 
And, uh, why aren't you doing the fucking dishes? No, no, it was, why aren't you being a part of the family? Which usually meant, Andrew, come down and stairs and watch your, watch your brother because we want to not do that. We want to not do that. Because you're free childcare. Um, yeah, welcome to being the oldest fucking sibling. Trust me, I've heard about that. I haven't gone through it, middle child. Oh, dude. I... I Trial child. I practically raised my brother. So. <laughs> I call my older sister my dad a lot because I lived with her so much and she provided for me more than my actual dad has. So Reggie and I can identify though on the, uh, the I call it the trial child syndrome where we're that first one. So, you know, the first of like not just, you know, our siblings, but the first of our generation. So like in our family. And, and so, so that, that puts a huge amount of pressure. But then eventually when they realize that we're kind of fuck up adults, they're like, oh, it's all right. They were the first one. We had, we had to figure it out with something. <laughs> so I own a leather vest. Yeah, it's because you're edgy and alternative. Edgy Reggie. Edgy Reggie. Edgy Reggie. I never wear it just because I like, don't feel comfortable. Like I don't feel like I pull the look off, actually. But you're so edgy. Uh, you know, leather jackets are one of those things that, like, they can be really difficult to pull off under the, like, best circumstances. And some people just can't. Like, I, you know, I had one for a little while. But, uh, no. No. I wear track jackets. Um, yep, same. And hoodies. And I do have a varsity jacket. Well, varsity style jacket. It's Pacific Northwest, like. Hoodies are the uniform. I have yeah. a normal jacket. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's a nice, just simple black professional lady jacket, and I like it. <laughs> it's a professional lady jacket. It's a professional lady jacket. I like my professional lady clothing. I will stay away. Well, you know what? No, I used to have um, a few leather jackets. They weren't real leather because... You know, a bitch is broke and isn't going to buy a real fucking leather jacket when she's, like, 16. But I did used to have a few, and I, I thought it made me look cool and edgy at the time. But looking back, I'm like, oh, oh, no, baby. That was not your look. The coolest jacket I ever had was my uh, sweet-ass Trip brand Hot Topic trench coat. Oh, no. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I will say, as much of a weeaboo and edgy hot topic kid that I was, I never wore my trench coat with shorts. I hope not. No, well, that was a thing though. Like that's a meme. Yeah, plus, you know, boots with it as well. Uh, well, okay, I had like high, extra high top converse, like the ones that were like No, yeah, I'm just saying the trench coat with the shorts and then high boots. Oh, see, I would always, I'd see people with cargo shorts, like, like we're talking like olive drab cargo shorts. Their leather black trench coat and then socks and sandals. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I remember. Oh, I, I've I've literally seen that. Like, I know it's a meme, but I've seen that. Yeah, nineties were uh, were things. Oh, this was in the nineties. This was like early two thousands. Oh, okay. like like okay, early twenty tens even. I saw it at like PCC. Oh. In like two thousand like ten. But you know what? You do you, boo. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not shaming anybody. Don't get me wrong. I am because the only person that can pull off a trench coat is JD from the Heather's movie. I'm just saying that when it comes to things that go well together, cargo shorts, sandals, and trench coats are usually not a fashionable combination. But again, 
You do you. If you're comfortable with what you wear, you're comfortable with what you wear. I wear a fanny pack every now and then. Well, I haven't in a while, but I do have one, and I fucking love that shit. But that's just, uh, you know, one of those accessories. Uh, anybody could, uh, you know, I, I guess. Now I'm just curious if someone has a fanny pack fetish where they only wear a fanny pack. And then what, like pull a tiny bullet vibrator out of it? Hell yeah. Fuck, that sounds awesome. Actually... Well, yeah. I think we might have just developed a new we product. We just did some. Yeah. That'll and be... oh, the fanny pack has to like charge it too. Like you charge right. the fanny. It's got it's got a little it's got one of those like little power blocks inside of it. Yeah, You've exactly. got, you know, a couple little toys, maybe a couple cock rings, some assortment of condoms, a little couple different lubes. Yeah. God, how big a oh fucking God. fanny pack are you going to wear? Have you ever worn a fanny pack? They're actually pretty spacious, bro. They're pretty. It's been a long time. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes lube bottles are really small. You ever seen those really tiny little glass oh, vials of an Uber lube? Little single yeah. uses? That stuff go, oh, dude, that stuff will go... Those little vials will last. Because it's, oh, it's a really high-quality silicone lube. And, yeah. Yeah, a little bit goes a long way with that. Yeah, and they're only, like, what, like... Two dollars for the little fucking yeah. $1.50 or $2 in most places. Yeah. Not bad. Try it. And you can make the fanny pack out of leather so it's comfy while you fuck. But if you're going to be using Uberlube with any kind of toys, because it's a silicone base, test it in a small area first before using it on the entire toy. Some toys, even if they're silicone based, can use silicone lubes, but you just want to make sure by doing a little test in a spot that's not going to be inserted. Or just Google it. Yeah. 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 I, I find, you know, reviews are one thing, but test it for yourself is always your, yeah, your I best. Yeah, like they'd have it in, like, product features or something. Hey, don't use this kind of lube with this shit. Well, it's because it's just a general rule to not use silicone toys with silicone lubes, but there are some toys that can handle it. It's just a matter of how much and um, how, you know, cleaning it afterwards, which you always should do. I always use water-based, so. Yeah, and water-based is the safest bet. I like water-based as well. Maybe we should do an episode on lubes uh, eventually. It's not a bad idea, but then again, we're not educators. Like. No, we're not. no. We're talking about our personal yeah. experiences okay. with them. Like yeah. I'll say right now, the Queen V brand that sold at Walmart, it's marketed as being really good for like your vaginal hygiene stuff. But honestly, that lube is some of the shittiest lube I have ever used. It's super watery, which is like you. Know, it's nice. Water-based lubes are good, but. It, you have to use so much of it. That's how I felt about um, using uh, Sliquid. That was one that I used for a while. Um, it's not bad, but it literally, you have to constantly reapply it because it gets tacky really quickly and it dry, it evaporates really quickly. It's a good water base. It's, it's pH balanced as far as I'm aware. A lot of them are used with natural ingredients, but yeah, it's just that not very long lasting. I have a question for the leather latex wearers. What's it like having to take it all off after the fact? Or like, you know, you're in the middle of doing something sexual, like a scene with that stuff, and fucking, you just like have to peel yourself like a banana before getting dicked down? Like, I just, I just don't understand. Like, well, maybe they're not doing the dick and down. Maybe they're not, maybe there's no actual like intercourse happening. But that's still a good question. Yeah, like, the, the actual taking it off. Like, is it is it a sexy thing, or is it one of those things where you're like, all right, break, hold on, like I gotta get naked like I do sometimes with like my socks or something like hold on yeah <laughs> I do like the leather pants that have the zipper from the front to the back 
that just se seems practical. But I also feel like if you're not wearing underwear, which I why would you wear underwear with leather pants? I feel like that zipper would. I've I've zipped myself up before. I I don't want to do it again. I would see. I would think buttons would be better. I'm thinking more of just it's like for the sex play, they can stay on. The leather pants stay on during sex. And you can still <laughs> penetrate. I mean, that's valid. It does also kind of circle back around to, like, the chaps, too. Mm -hmm. You got that open access. But they do make a lot of crotchless things, too. I just think of the friction of the teeth from the zipper. <laughs> but again, that, someone might be really into that, so it could go both directions. So I, I guess that maybe having the options of one with a zipper crotch, one with, like, a button crotch or a snap crotch Ooh. might having depend on the, the person using it. Having been with a partner that had pants like that, it oh. was not a problem. I just thought about something. I did too. I wonder if they make things like that, probably do, that actually have like a locking zipper. You know, kind of like chastity play. You probably could. But with just like that zipper itself. Which is funny because that ties into the thought that I had, you know, if you're like chastity shit. Mine was like, what if, you know, the leather latex suits are like a form of sensory deprivation? Oh, definitely. Oh, totally. I'm sure in some situations they can be, especially when you get the full, like, the, the headwear. Yeah, like, you can feel me touching you, but you can't feel all of me touching you. Mm -hmm. like, you know because in our BDSM series, we did talk about sensory deprivation. Yeah, and I think, you know, we might even be able to dive really deep into that during an episode uh, in the future here. But yeah, sensory deprivation is a big, um, big aspect of a lot of play. And it can go in a lot of different directions for different people, whether it just be, you know, that vocal deprivation of something like a gag, sight deprivation, sound deprivation, physical deprivation. So yeah, all of those kinds of things um, definitely have different specific draws to people. So I think it's, it's worth discussing more in depth. Um, but kind of coming back around to all the wear and just kind of hopefully tying it off to a nice little conclusion and takeaway here. Like a balloon. Like latex. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, but, Wait, but really. Speaking of latex balloons, have either of you ever made a condom balloon? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> I almost lied yeah. to everyone. I've probably used more condoms for balloons than, um, not my for their intended thing, purpose. My favorite thing is putting condoms on both of my feet and my hands and crawling around on them and just making the stupid little slap noises like a demon. That's one of my favorite things. I don't know why. It's not so, a sexual thing. I just think it's funny. Completely unrelated, but I got to give some shout out to this. So um, there was this internet short for a long time, and it actually developed into a Adult Swim cartoon called China, Illinois. Um, but the original shorts were the Professor Brothers and Baby Cakes. And Professor Brothers were hilarious. And there's this one episode where Frank, who kind of talks like this, uh, he uh, basically had just bought some brand new shoes and had to go pick up the dean of school um, at the airport. And it was raining and muddy in the parking lot. And he's like, new shoes, rain. So I had these two condoms. And, you know, long story short, he uses the condoms to protect his shoes from the rain. And uh, the situation that ensues from that is, is very comedic. I will not ruin it. But I highly suggest checking out a short called Late Date with the Professor Brothers. I 
just because you mentioned it, I love the George Washington song. Oh my gosh, dude. That is the fucking shit. That is fucking classic. If you're ever in a pinch in a hazmat situation, you don't have the proper PPE. I guess you can just use a condom on your shoes. Ten stories tall, fucking killing for fun. Washington, George Washington. Okay, we. Slash whoosh. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, all right. Gentlemen. Uh, well. If we um, keep going any longer, uh, Hannah's not gonna have any more pants over here. I they're ripped jeans, and I'm continuing to rip them and pull little stringies of string off of the strings. I need. I need. A tailor. Because I ripped my pants. No. They were pre-ripped. Pre-ripped. I'm gonna pre. I'm gonna pre. <laughs> I'm gonna pre. Uh, all right. So as you as you listeners can tell, our show is starting to devolve into chaos more so than the usual content. Um, our takeaway today is leather play and latex play. Something that none of us really know a whole lot about. Like no, but, you know, I, I find it real appealing, and uh, I think that uh, the aesthetic qualities that it can provide are definitely very appealing uh, for myself. No, just wrap me in tinfoil. I mean, that'll keep you away from those Illuminati brainwaves. It'll keep me warm, too. True. Like a little baked potato. A little baked potato. You're my baked potato. No, I'm not. Shut the fuck up. Nope. All right. Well, um, Reggie, do you uh, <laughs> any closing commentary? any closing comments? Any any final thoughts? No, I uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan of leather or latex play myself. Though I do enjoy like watching it in bondage films. I did have a thought though. Okay, that I want to ask you because I know you like H.R. Geiger a lot. And that's kind of got that like biopunky kind of like almost like now like very wet look in a lot of stuff. Yeah. So how would you feel if someone was wearing like a suit made of cords? You see, that's diff like a suit made of cords. Yeah, I'm thinking of like you know the, the way a lot of yeah like a lot of the that. skin and the flesh textures that like Geiger if someone uses. is basically like a Zeno. Yeah. But like a bodysuit, you know, a little more cyber organic-y. Yeah, or, I mean, now you're making me think of the Borg. Okay, yeah. Yeah, dude, I'd be totally down with that. Hell yeah. Cyber right. shit. Like, yeah. But it's, it's more like that, like, organic cyber. Like, yeah. there's, there's a, a biopunk, that's the word. Yeah, like, not cyber goth, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah where it's more based on actual, like, organic infusion stuff. Oh, dude, I'd get down with that. All right, all right. I was just curious about that. No, as we were kinda... Yeah, no, if a partner was dressed up like that, I'd, I'd feel like I was getting a fucking birthday present. So full disclosure, um, if you dress up like a xenomorph, Reggie will marry you. So we're going to make Andrew dress up for that for Christmas. For I'm Reggie. already married, yo. This is a thruple. <laughs> Let's go to Madagascar where it's legal for multiple people no. to get married together. We're gonna Couldn't we just go to Utah? I don't think they can do that officially, but I know in Madagascar. I don't think uh, two guys and one girl would be cool over Reggie, there. Reggie, this is a thruple, and that's how we do it. And I think that is actually a legitimate thing. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a vacation to Madagascar, and we're going to get thruple married. I'm sad about this. Okay. 
I'm just thinking about the movie Madagascar, so you guys... <laughs> Out of Gascar. <laughs> did I show you that meme? No, you'll have to show oh, me later. no, I do. Okay, all right. So, final thoughts for today. Latex and leather is A-okay. Just make sure if you're using these things, keep them nice and clean, just like those sheets. And make sure you get yourself tested as well. And don't forget to powder your latex. This has been Six, Six Sheets Under. Hey there, and thanks for listening to Six Sheets Under. You can find us on Spotify and just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join the discussion, you can email us at sixsheetsunderpodcasts at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Six Sheets and on Instagram at Six Sheets Under. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at Six Sheets Under.